All right, welcome on in, lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike. Our guy, Parker Blake, already disgusted to start the episode here today. I'm your host, Dan Alexander. No Hutton Jackson today, so I'll be behind the anonymous logo of Bet on Lacrosse here for the day. Um, During our live Twitter spaces, you ever want to hop in, just hit that request to speak button, and we'll get you in here right away. We would love to hear from you. We only got a three-team dais today, a three-person caucus here so we're gonna have ample time if you guys want to jump in give some of your thoughts we would love to hear from you again i'm dan alexander i'm joined by my pro lacrosse talk guys and bet on lacrosse contributors brian andrews and parker blake i know my guy brian's on the road right now so he'll be joining us a little bit later um and uh, and hopping in with any of his thoughts that he has for the slate here this weekend and we'll also talk some nll finals recap i'm gonna say right at the top before i welcome in my guy parker i gotta give a huge thanks to brian andrews and hutton jackson because i was down in ac this weekend to see john mulaney and i was like fiending for a little lax action i was like dude what are we doing in this late night game i was able to get it up on one of the bars there and had a live sweat that really wasn't even a sweat mammoth get home no problem plus one and a half so both of those guys were saying hey that is the play and they were not wrong so while we're waiting for brian we'll get into the nll finals a little bit later but i want to welcome in the pb to my jelly it's parker blake and uh pb how we doing man hey i'm great i know you said we're gonna talk nll a little later but i this is my first year i even heard of the nll i picked the mammoth to be my team because they're the closest team to my hometown and it looks like it was a pretty solid pick from my point of view, so I'm not mad about how that ended at all. Yeah, not bad at all. As the Mammoths were plus 2,100 in the preseason, you could have gotten them at the start of the playoffs plus 1,200. Those were tickets that Brian and Hutton told people, hey, there might be some value on this. Bandits failed to cover the one and a half that they kept on laying in the final five games. They kept throwing it up there. Um, and, you know, for what it's worth, Hutton suggested – Take Dane Smith or Ward, depending on which team you think is going to win. If you think the Mammoth go on Ward to go MVP, Ward ends up winning that MVP plus 500 on cool bets. So a ticket gets home there for our guy Hutton Jackson and uh, some nice tips there. That's why, Parker, people got to be listening because we're not just going game by game. We also break down future markets. We break down these player props. Like You never know what you're going to hear on Bet on Lacrosse and you know, I think if we added up all the long shot tickets that we had, sure, you know, every single play that we put out doesn't win. Anybody who tells you that every play they're putting out is going to win. I also have a bridge that I want to sell you because it doesn't happen. There is no person in the world that hits 100% of their bets. Some of the best people in the world are struggling to hit 60% of their bets. So somebody's telling you they got a lock, start running the other way. But Parker, I mean, if we add up all the plus money plays, like that plus 2,100, we're sitting pretty with a nice Chrome ticket that we might be able to hedge out of. Like, there's no way that we as a squad, even with, um, you know, up and down weeks that uh, that we're not hitting at like a profitable rate. Because, you know, a, a plus 2,100 ticket changes your entire bankroll for the year. You know what I mean, man? No, I mean, I, I'll, I'll preach it all day long, but I've always been a big plus money guy. And I'm getting a little late to the game PLL-wise. I'm trying to lay my futures out this week. I mean, it's harder for me because I have to go through some guy I know or some weird person I've never talked to in my life to get bets played. But, I mean, the plus money's where it's at, and it's like it, you talk about it all the time, but it's that 60% line that if you can even get close on your bet and you're just 55% or better and then 
you hit a couple of these long balls that the PLT Sharps put out there, then you're sitting pretty on the ear for sure. Yeah, right there with you, man. And, you know, that's that's what it's all about. That is, uh, you know, being profitable at the end of the year. Um, even for recreational bettors, we do it because, obviously, we enjoy doing it. We like the sweat, thing like that. But we're also in it to make a little bit of extra coin. You know, we're not saying we're an investment firm and this is a long-term investment that you want to get in on it with. But, you know, we've, we've been putting some extra money in our pockets and any especially you fucking go to fill up your gas tank and you almost have to faint. So anytime you have some extra spending money, it's a beautiful time. And that's what we aim to do here, betting some lower volume markets that are becoming pretty high volume markets. If you were listening before the show, uh, player props drop within five minutes of them coming out. Uh, we already have major line moves and major juice changes. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely not like it was last year. It sure as hell isn't like how it was in the bubble where, uh, you know, numbers were just being thrown out there and there was nobody really um, nobody really hitting it too hard. Um, speaking of, you know, getting uh, meaningful information, I, uh, I, I get some info from, like, different uh, professional bettors and shit like that. And I'm going to give a little free info for folks right here. This is a three-star play. Um, this one guy who I, uh, who I follow and any time that he tells me to bet anything, um, he has one-star, two-star, three-star three-star being the best. I just got a message and this line will 100% move. It's in CFL um, Edmonton Calgary under 51 points. So three-star play Edmonton Calgary under the 51 points. So of course I get the bat signal while I'm on here. uh, So I can't get that down, but hopefully you guys can. I'm going to get it down right after we're done, but let's get into the PLL here. Um, I mean, huge market moves like in the futures market. Chrome plus 2,000. They're now down to 600 They're as their longest odds, 500 being their shortest. So the market's catching up to how damn good Chrome is. PB, are you a believer yet in the Chrome? Or do you think, you know, just hot out of the gate, a little bit pissed off from last year? Or is what we're seeing, um, this Chrome team is legit? I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Week one, I thought it was a fluke. Week two, I was like, oh, they're just feeling good from week one. But, I mean, you can't perform that well through three weeks and not have something going your way. And I I like what the Chrome got going. I'm a big fan of their goalie. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of all in on the Chrome, especially being a Redwoods fan. We haven't had the best season. I'm almost, I'm almost ready to pick a second team, and it's going to be the Chrome. And it's crazy seeing them come from two wins last season to being 3-0. Yeah, and I think they're using a lot of that motivation, plus the fact that their offense is just really just well thought out the way that they do things. I think Dylan Malloy, a huge boost to that offense as as a facilitator, as a finisher, um, and the fact that you just get to Wharton to to Wharton plays on a on a possession basis. Some pretty damn amazing stuff. We'll talk about the Chrome a little bit later because we're going to go in sequential order here. Let's start off with this Whip Snakes Redwoods game. Whips are one and a half point favorites taking on the Redwoods. Total in this one, 22 and a half. Um, I, I mean, Redwoods are your team. So I'm going to give you the first shot at this one, Parker. How are you breaking this one down? Because I think a lot of public support um, going to be going the way of the Redwoods after what we saw last week. Um, you know, I, I have a couple of trends to throw into, but whip snakes, one and a half total 22 and a half. Uh, what are you seeing and how are you betting this game? So I got to get my little plug in there. Cause I'm not, t- I'm not taking the line, but the whip snakes have not hit an over yet this season. As long as what I'm looking at is correct. 
and just wanted a little plug for the under there. But neither of these teams have been able to cover any of the spreads they've been given. I think they're both 33% on the year, for so one for three. And, I mean, I don't know. The Whip Snakes are, are winning by one point every week, and I have a hard time rooting for the Whip Snakes, and I love the Woods. So, I mean, my play is going to be plus one and a half for the Woods. It's one of the only plus money lines that they have besides the Woods money line. And I honestly don't know if they're going to win the game, but I think they can keep it within one because apparently anybody can with the whips. Yeah, I mean, all the whips do is play close games. That, that, that's for sure. Uh, time and time again, the, the wild thing for me, and we're going to get Brian's thoughts on this as well, um, is just the 22 and a half. Like, I know, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a team that hasn't been hitting overs. Their defense is solid. Redwoods historically kind of seem like they just figure to be an under team. But not only is this the lowest total of the week, guys, this is the lowest total that we've ever seen in a Whips-Redwoods game. Um, you know, the, the, the three meetings that they had last year, um, you had a 23 and a half, a, a 25 and a half, a 24 and a half. Um, only one of them went under and it was the one that actually funny enough had the 25 and a half total. The other two flew over 26 and 27 goals scored in that game, in those games. So this is almost like one of those narrative games that, Oh, it plays towards the underwear in reality. When these two teams face off, there actually is a lot of goals. Um, and also for what it's worth looking at that underdog as well, um, the underdog has covered in all three of the meetings last year, which is, you know, the lines that we've been studying. We kind of threw out the ones in 2020 as they were the bubble. But uh, Woods were dogs twice. They cover both of them. Whips were dogs once. They won that game outright. So every time these teams face off, like Parker's saying, it's been close. Again, history is no indicator of future success or future results. But, um, you know, there there is some precedence there for this being a potential over matchup and this potentially being a one-game matchup looks like we finally got our guy brian so brian welcome on in uh how are you doing brother good man really busy week just kind of all over the place happy to be on the show uh talked a lot about these games uh yesterday on pro lacrosse talk so check out that recording if you can but excited to talk about it in the context of the lines for this week yeah and speaking of the context of the lines you know i'm gonna throw you a busy week i'm gonna throw you right into the fire to start it off and and with this uh which Redwood Redwoods game that we're looking at. Um, you know, I know that you guys are always uh, ready to take the under in this one. Do you find any value in this game or is this one that you're just passing? Cause um, you know, pretty solid line and total line. I, I think that this week is going to be particularly hard to handicap in general. Agreed. And I think this game is very exemplary of that. I think Parker did a really good job of outlining um, how the whips kind of allow teams to hang on and give them a little bit of hope, but, still win in the end regardless and that you know bodes well for the plus 1.5 for the woods but there are a lot of things to consider uh with respect to how the woods are how the whips are playing this year and how the woods whips matchup has happened historically as you were describing dan uh a lot of the redwoods players aren't playing the same way that they were last year miles jones was having like an mvp mvp year and this year he's kind of not up to that standard so far that we've seen i feel like the the woods have a lot to prove to me to show that they can go head to head with the whips who just showed last week that they could really shut down a high octane Atlas offense. Um, and the whips could not confirmed yet, but Zeddy ball game could be coming back this week. We don't know that yet. Uh, and I don't think the whips or I don't think the woods showing that they could beat the chaos is indicative of, of their ability to perform against the whip snakes. 
so I think this game could be unpredictably high scoring as well. And I, so I, I have a, I have a really hard time in general handicapping this game. I think there are a lot of variables and I think the woods need to prove a lot. So personally, I'm totally staying away from this game total or otherwise. One thing I do want to throw out there. I mean, just as we're on the topic of trends, I mean, 22 and a half is typically the lowest line that we see in the PLL lately. I don't think it usually gets lower than 22 and a half. And so that does lean it towards the over. Zeddy being back is a big factor that I think we need to just think about when you're looking at this game. I mean, but even like like you were saying last year, I mean, in their previous matchups, and it's not an indicator, but it is something to just keep note of. I mean, it's always been close. The whips, all almost all the whips games are close, and that's why I, I think this is a really hard one to handicap, just like you said. And I I would recommend staying away from it, but if you're going to get in it, try and get those plus money lines, just because that's what I do, and everything else is pretty juicy except the total. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I, go ahead, Brian. I, I think the one thing that we can't underestimate is is the Whips defense. Like we saw the Chrome hold uh, hold the Woods to three goals, which is kind of unprecedented in professional cross in general. And I think if if the Woods can't do the one thing that they need to do to beat the Whips, which is beat their matchups, uh, because they don't have a lot of off ball play. And since their off-ball play is not what they're known for, the the Whips have one less variable to shut down against that offense. So if the Whips come out and really shut down their matchups, I I don't see how the Woods are really going to score, particularly because they don't generate transition. So for all those reasons, I could see it going under, unless, you know, Miles Jones shows up or Jules gets shifted down to attack. Like, there's just too many things that I think the Woods need to address that convince me that they'll be able to stay in this game and maybe push the over. But it could happen. I just don't I don't know enough to be able to pick a side, essentially. Yeah, it's a it's a sheer pass for me either way. I lean to that over just because historically, but you know, you make the good points about about the ball dominant guys. The the one play that I would probably have, and you know, I had egg on my face taking this earlier in the season. I think the Redwoods really need to start leaning on Jules Hennenberg a little bit more. So I, I would lean towards and potentially am probably going to be placing myself over that two and a half on his point total. Um, just because I think they learned last week when the offense runs through Hennenberg, good things happen. And if there's one guy who, you know, can at least initiate that dodge and do some things off of it, as opposed to just trying to fucking go through like a bull moose, like what Miles Jones does, um, really doesn't look to facilitate off of it, always looking to shoot off the dodge. Jules Hennenberg adds a little bit different of an element. So that's why I would probably be looking towards over his two and a half um, if I was to play anything in this game. But I think there's some some better options out there. Uh, let's get into this Chaos Water Dogs game. And it's going to be quick for me, guys, because – I ain't betting this thing with your money until I know who the hell is going to be playing. Chaos are one and a half point favorites. Totals 23 and a half in this one. But the bigger question, Brian, is who's going to be in? Is Ward in cage? Is Sowers back? Who's taking face-offs for the Water Dogs? And then, oh yeah, the whole entire Calvary is supposed to be back for Chaos. So until I know who's going to be in this game, I just, I, I can't bet it. I think um, if you really have a good vibe, um, you know, maybe try and get in and beat the news, but that news could blow up in your face like a Lyle Thompson being announced out did to some people who had the cannons the other week getting a two and a half against Atlas. So I can't bet this game in good faith. Um, what are you thinking, Brian? Uh, do you find any value? Or are you kind of waiting on this as well? I don't really see any value in this matchup. And we also don't know, the NLL season is, weirdly long for lacrosse as we know it as field guys where we all come from 
so we don't know how they're going to look coming out of the NLL season. They could have lingering injuries that make them sit out or uh, make them perform subpar. They might just not be used to the flow of the field game or with the other offensive pieces that weren't a part of the NLL championship. There's just too much going on in this game as well. Um, and if Dylan Ward comes back, the transition from NLL goalie to PLL goalie is also a huge shift. Does that mean he might underperform? The, this one has even more moving parts than the previous game, which makes it really hard to handicap. PB, you think the same? Like, again, so many moving pieces. We don't know what pieces are even going to be in. Um, uh, you, you have a case to be made in this one? Or I'm, I just, I'm not betting it until we get the news. And we will get the news um, probably, what, Wednesday afternoon is usually when the reports start coming out for injuries and things like that. So I'm at least holding off to them. But, Again, like Brian said at the top, I just think this is a really tough week to bet in the PLL, um, you know, be, just because the sample size is still small. And now people think they know how teams are and you could just get the, the carpet pulled out from underneath you. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, there's a lot there's a lot of variables, especially with this game in particular. But the whole week, I mean, it's all it looks like all the lines are pretty solid and there's a lot of moving parts. But I will say there was one consistency that we can all lean on, and that's the fact that Blaze will be in the net. So I am always taking that under if Blaze is in the net. He's hit two unders this year. Time for number three. Yeah, and I think the one over it took was my contrarian play of the week, baby. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, you also about. brought up that two and a half lines from the cannons. That it's still way too early for you to be bringing that up around me. Yeah, you're right. That that is uh, that is. Uh, sorry about that. I didn't I didn't know it's the wound is fresh. Um, but for what it's worth. Hey, check it when I uh, am dropping the plays because I, I just accumulate info all week long. I read articles. I see what the consensus play is out there. And then I always drop what the contrarian play of the week is because a lot of the time when I'm betting, I just try and figure out what the sports book needs. And when I'm on the side of the sports book more often than not, um, you, you, you might just end up being profitable at the end of the year. So 2-0 and oh so far on the contrarian picks, Parker. So uh, hey, hopefully always, you don't get bit always, by it again this week. I've been a fan of fading the public. Man. Always the public your NFL season. But. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I'm right there with you. Um, all right, so since we don't have as much actionable info in this, again, want to remind people if you're listening in, you want to hop on in the space, just hit that request to speak button. We'd love to hear some of your thoughts here on the slate, and we'll get you in as quickly as we can. Atlas are one and a half point favorites. Oh, I'm skipping over a game. We'll go Chrome Cannon. Sorry about that. Uh, Chrome one and a half point favorites against Cannons. Total in this one, 24 and a half. Um, again, like I lean towards the Cannons on the money line. I would just take the spread out of this because here's the thing is now everybody believes in Chrome, right? And they, uh, they, they just got their first cover ever as a favorite last week. And now they're favorites again against the Cannons team that looked really poor, um, that, that struggled a little bit. And I think that probably had more to do with Lyle Thompson not being 100% uh, and forcing himself back out onto the field. And, you know, not that he was doing it selfishly. He was doing it because he's a team mentality kind of guy. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Cannons pulled the outset or, you know, outright win in this game just because now expectations are on Chrome. It's a lot easier when you're flying under the radar, you're taking people by surprise. But now with expectations comes market expectations. And I would have some trepidation just 
fully buying in on this Chrome team. Um, I, I don't know. Do you agree? Do you disagree, Parker? How, how are you betting this game? No, I, there's, I mean, there's a ton of juice on the Chrome now. There's a ton of juice just in this game overall. I mean, if you don't like the cannons or the over, I mean, there's nothing really to play. If you're, if it's me looking at the book, I mean, I usually try not to bet anything past minus one thirty. But I will say, I, I am probably going to pass on the game, but I do lean towards the under just because I haven't been impressed by the cannons lately. The Chrome really isn't allowing people to move a lot on offense, and I just really love their defense. Like I was saying earlier, um, I think they got a great goalie. I think they're. I, I don't know. I just feel like they're going to have control of most of the game and they're not going to let it go too far. And the Cannons scoring eight and not doing much last week are kind of, I don't know, not feeling the over for sure. Brian, we're all just fucking leaning here. We're like weebles, wobbles, but we won't fall down. Like, do you got to play in this game or is this just another lean fest? I'm laying the points with the Crow, man. I'm super high on this team. I don't care about the juice. They've looked dominant through the first three weeks of the season. The Cannons look like a mess. Stephen Kelly was probably the only one of the only people. I think Bubba Fairman also had a really good game. But, like, Stephen Kelly had a great day at the stripe. But what that number doesn't tell you is that they turned the ball over almost every time they had a great faceoff win. And when you have 21 turnovers the week prior, and then you have to go up against the Chrome defense, which is one of the better defenses in the league right now, uh, and also presses out, if you have, uh, like, a semi-injured Lyle Thompson, you're turning the ball over between the arcs. Your defense is in scrambles in transition, and Morocco's not making a million saves like he did in week one. I just cannot see how they're going to keep up with this Chrome team. They have so many mistakes to fix in one week, and I I just don't see how they, they put it together when the Chrome team just seems so great right now. I don't think Stephen Kelly's going to have as good of a day against Connor Farrell. Eli Salama on the wing has been performing above what I expected him to do for this season. Uh, so credit to him because I, I doubted him before the, the season began that he could be the number one pole. He's playing out of his mind. I, I just don't, I don't see where the weakness that Chrome has is addressed by how the cannons are playing right now. So I'm laying the points with the Chrome. I don't care about the juice they're they're winning and they're winning by multiple goals they're not besides the archers game they're not letting it stay close but the archers have already proven they're a tough team i don't think cannons are in that tier minus one and a half chrome minus 145 i don't even care so the only thing for me in this one is like the chrome how impressed are we by the chromes win like last week like are you guys like oh my god that's amazing because they were up and then they were down and then they came back like that to me was more the water dogs like shit in the bed than like, oh my God, look at how resilient Chrome is. So, you know, I definitely, I get what you're saying. And I also, I was, I had a huge buy sign on Chrome coming into this year. Um, so maybe I'm just trying to like walk back my love for them now that our ticket on them to win the title is looking so damn sweet. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't know. Three weeks does not a full confidence build for me um and i always just think about teams that maybe need it a little bit more like chrome they just got this cardiac win that they just had and now they're feeling you know really great and is there a little bit of a letdown spot against a team that they might look at as well and say well dude i mean we we just came back um you know we're we're three and oh we've rolled teams that uh, you know have, have, have historically been beaten up on us um you know i just 
I worry about the letdown spot because it, it eventually will come for Chrome. I don't know if it'll be this week, but there will be one of those spots where they're looking past the team. And with All-Star Weekend looming um, and, you know, a pretty tough test that they'll have coming next week, I fear that this might be one of those, like, look-ahead spots. And maybe that's where my trepidation is from. So, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I just don't know. With the Cannons, after the, just getting decimated last week and then not having the best outing against the Atlas, it's just this is, feels almost like make or break for them. I know it's only week four, but, like, are they just going to roll over and let the Chrome roll through them now? And I feel like the Chrome's kind of riding high being 3-0. and But like you said, I don't think three weeks can repent for a two-win season. I don't care how good they look coming out. So, I honestly, I don't hate the dog play here, but I just don't know if the Cannons have it in them. Yeah, and just to bolster that point, the Cannons are letting up like a league-high average around 15 goals a game. They're letting up. Their goals against average is 15. And the Chrome attack alone combined for 33 points, equally distributed amongst Malloy, Wisnowskis, and Nick Turn. And when they're you know, starting offensive trio at the attack is so versatile that they're, that, you know, the Tawarton winner and a former Tawarton winner and then Nick Turn are all performing at that level. I just don't, I don't see how the Cannons, as they are currently, are going to stop them. I just don't, I can't, I can't imagine it. Like the, the Chrome would have to come out and, and treat it like they would a trap game, which no team should be treating any game that way this early in the season. So we'll see. We got a little crossfire. Again, it's a pass for me. Like, I lean, I think if I were to bet cannons in this game, I wouldn't bet the one and a half because it's either Chrome is going to blow them out or cannons pull an upset. Like, I, I don't think that this is going to be a game where the spread comes into play. So I think, you know, the look towards Chrome one and a half, if I were to bet Chrome, that would be the only way um, to do it. I think if you're betting cannons, you might as well take the better plus money odds because if, if they cover this game, I think the cannons win this game um, is, is the way that I would attack it. But I, again, I don't think that they will. I just, I fear that letdown spot potentially coming, but some good points there by Brian. Definitely have me walk it back a little bit. Let's get into the last game here, guys. Archers and Atlas. Atlas, one and a half point favorites. Total in this one, you can shop around. If you like the under, you can find a 25 and a half. If you like the over, you can find a 24 and a half. Always get the best price. Yes, a point and a half point matters. All these people just want to, oh, I mean, what does the juice make a difference? The juice and the half points make the difference from being a profitable better at the end of the year and losing money at the end of the year. So, yes, it matters. If you do not have more than one sports book and it's available to you, you're not serious about winning. Um, you don't care about winning long term. That's the one thing that you need to do if you're trying to be a profitable sports better is have multiple outs for situations just like this. Um uh, I'm going to go your way on this one, Brian. I'm wondering, how are you betting this game? Um, highest total that we've seen so far this year at 25 and a half, but it's hard to make a case for an under. I know you guys always look to do that um, with these two offenses, especially with what we saw from Archers last week. 20 goals put up, 17 the week prior, and even a week that they struggled, I put in air quotes, um, they still scored double digits. They got to 10. So how are you betting this game? Because I know our guy Hutton Jackson is all atlas up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd lay the points with the atlas in this one. And the, the high total is well-deserved from both teams. And that makes it really tough to, to uh, play the total. I'm an atlas fan, so I don't want to bet aside either. So the only thing I'm really looking at is the total uh, – 
And I want to take the over because I think that this is going to be a high flying matchup. I think that the archers are going to show can cannon a lot of outside shots off of, you know, feeds from someone who beats their matchup and, and draws a slide. Uh, Will Manny is going to be sitting or Marcus Holman is going to be sitting on the backside uh, on the other end of a pass from Schreiber or something. And we all know can cannon suffers a little bit more from outside shots. Uh, so I think the over may fall on the performance of, of Gittleman in the Archers defense and uh, the Archers defense has been pretty steady. So I, I think the 25 and a half line is really, really sharp from the books. I, I think it's really hard to say either way. And I, I think that this one is going to, whatever, uh, whatever side you fall on, I think it's going to win or lose by the hook. So I, I might just stay away from this one entirely, but I, I'm, I lean over. I completely agree. And same thing with the total. I think this is going to land like if you want a good sweat this weekend, either bet the under or bet the over in this game, because I think it's a really good line that's going to land within a point, a point and a half of that 25 and a half. It's posted on DraftKings. Parker, how are you betting this game, man? I'm avoiding that total 100 percent. But I will say I, I ran it through my model this week, my predict, my just predicting the games and um, it's 24 and a half on Caesars and the, the total line and my machine has over 24 and a half. So this is going to be quite the interesting game. But I mean, if you can get on that 24 and a half line, I almost would play that, but I'm leaning more archers taking the points. Well, taking the points with the archers, it is a little juicy, so I'm not going to play it myself, but I do like that over 24 and a half on Caesars. And I definitely lean to the archers spread. Now, he has some decent uh, decent player props in this one as well. There's some four-and-a-halves out there um, for Will Manny. Um, I don't have them directly in front of me on uh, on the screen because when Twitter space is awesome, like if you switch off of it, it'll mute you right away. It'll shut it down. So I can't grab those numbers. So they just came out literally as we were coming on. Uh, but I think there is some value in these player props. As a matter of fact, one of which is my best bet for this weekend. So we'll scroll right on into that one. Um, I'm I, it's square and it's already moved, but still at minus one fifteen. I think it's worth a little bit of a sprinkle, maybe even throw it in as a parlay piece. Uh, Jeff T over four and a half. We're getting what is his floor number at plus money initially before it moved. I got the plus one ten. Here's my CLV trophy. I'm bragging about, um, but uh, simply due to an off week last week, and I know that it's square as shit. Oh, it's Jeff T. His bet is over. Um, you know, how do you not sprinkle a little bit in a bounce back game? Just struggled last week. I find it very hard to believe that he won't at least be around this number. It was a lot more valuable once it was getting plus 110, but at minus 115, it's still not awful. And that will close closer to minus 120, minus 135, because everybody and their grandmother is going to be on the Jeff T over. So I would hit it now because it's only going to get more juicy. You're only going to have to lay more Jeff T over four and a half is my favorite play currently. Um, stay tuned uh, to the Twitter page, obviously at bet on the cross and my personal one at newbie talks. I always drop my picks for the weekend and um, you know, as it gets closer, I definitely feel much more confidence once we know who's going to be in, who's going to be out. So uh, that and Jules Hennenberg over two and a half, two of my favorite plays to start the week. Also leaning towards the water dogs um, early here in the week, but I need to know. Who's going to be in that game? Brian, best bet time for you or favorite play, however we want to call it. What are you betting this week in the PLL? My best, my best bet's going to be the the Chrome minus one and a half. I mean, I, I already went on the diatribe about it. I, I think 
that the cannons just have too much to fix. And I think the Chrome look late season form and I'm going to take the points while they seem like they're on top until they prove to me that they aren't. Boom. Nice, sweet, simple, to the point. Parker, how about you? What are uh, what are you hitting this week? Favorite plays for you? Um, I always try and do something a little different for my best bet of the week just to, so I don't hammer home the same point I already did. But I will say I do like the dog's money line. It's a plus money bet, which are my favorite bets to make. And I, I don't know why, and it's a terrible game to do it with, but I really want to get action in on this chaos game because it's two teams I like to watch. It's two of my favorite goalies in the league. I mean, I, I love the game, but I just don't want to play anything. But I will say if you're playing the game, play the dog's money line, avoid the juice, and probably going to be a sweat. There we go. That's our thoughts on the PLL slate for this weekend. Uh, if you want to hop in and give us some of your thoughts, you can hit that request to be a speaker button there, and we'll grab you right before we're done here for the day. We'll, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'm going to be in sunny South Florida, but we'll be back with another edition of Bet on Lacrosse. So uh, until then, hopefully you're cashing tickets, and we talk to you next week with some money in your pocket. Again, want to remind folks, as we're doing the spaces, you can always try and hop in, uh, especially these guys who uh, who are listening in. Just, uh, well, we got Matt in there. We got Nick Voss. Those are my buddies just trying to get free info, trying to get free picks. So, uh, hey, if you guys have some locks of the week, you know, why, why don't you hop in here, share them with the folks. We're always wide open to be chatting with you. So that's going to do it for us, for my guys, Brian Andrews and Parker Blake and Hutton Jackson on the road. I'm Dan Alexander, and we'll talk to you next week, hopefully with some money in our pockets.